Hakeem Williams potentially coming to Pitt. Kenny Minshew at the QB 11 finals in Los Angeles. John Garcia Jr. is coming on to join Locked On Pit, folks. It's all coming up today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. And as I always tell you guys, I love having John Garcia Jr. on. So he's back yet again. John, welcome to the show, man, as always. Good to be back on with you. Every time we we miss a week, it seems like Pitt uh, goes into my home state and grabs a couple guys. So good timing to be back on with you. Yeah, it's been two weeks since you've been on, and uh, Pitt has racked up the June commitments at this point. And they haven't even announced all of them just yet. Pitt has racked up 16 June commitments, which is a really good, really good June season for Pitt. But obviously, the the headliner of their entire recruiting season this June was headlined by one man, and, and that man was Hakeem Williams. Five-star down from your neck of the woods, John. And the social media posts from Hakeem's mother and, and his immediate family and Hakeem himself and the Pitt coaching staff – I have never seen anything quite like this, but it seems like Pitt brought out the red carpet for Hakeem Williams on his official visit this past weekend. 100%. And it's something we've talked about, it seems like, for weeks on this show. There was a long buildup to this point ahead of getting the final official visit of, of the month of June for Williams. And it looks like, by all indication, Pitt really delivered here. Uh, from, from Narduzzi all the way on down to support staff, and the hostess, I mean, everybody involved with this thing knew how important it was to impress Williams. And that's certainly something that we're gathering, like you said, not only via him, but his family, his mother, are always critical in anybody's uh, commitment decision. So that's huge news for the Panthers. And, and you're still certainly in position to contend for Williams. And I think that's where it gets interesting, right? You look at his recruitment. And my gosh, two weeks ago, I would have told you these few schools are the ones to keep an eye on. Two weeks before that, I would have thrown in maybe two other schools. It has changed a lot for Williams in a very short amount of time. And that's great news for Pitt. Pitt has been the constant program in this conversation. We've seen others kind of go up and down for Akeem. Um, Schools go in and out from Akeem's perspective. But Pitt has kind of just stayed the course and stayed right in the thick of this recruitment. It seems like Texas A&M is another that has some buzz for Williams at this point. Uh, but then after that, it's like all over the place. Miami going to get back involved with him. What about Georgia? Can Florida state stay in the mix? I mean, it's like a lot of unanswered questions. So for Pitt to be one of the answered and tangibly answered questions, I think says a ton about this recruitment. Uh, and it becomes one of those where you're like, hey, if he starts to, he, he doesn't say a lot as a recruit in terms of interviews and things like that. But if he starts to slow this thing down and say, hey, I, I'm getting closer to making a decision. If he starts to push that way, which we're seeing a lot of kids do, a lot of kids like him who were planning on December decisions or fall decisions are all of a sudden coming off the board this summer or, or soon thereafter. If Akeem jumps into that boat, you feel even better as a Pitt uh, fan coming off of, of that official visit, the last official again that he would have experienced before a theoretical decision if he wants to do so 
in the next month. But uh, fascinating all around, like you said, to see all the hype uh, and, and this growing pipeline from South Florida up to Pittsburgh. Yeah, it felt like two weeks ago, Texas A&M was the favorite. Now the buzz is towards Georgia. But I think, uh, you know, all the national recruits that you look at, like Hakeem, and then a team like Pitt comes in, and you don't actually ever think that Pitt's going to be the team that he picks. But I guess what you, you say they're the constant. How much of a chance does Pitt actually have at getting this kid? Because this is this would be one of the highest-rated recruits ever in Pitt program history. If he were to sign his letter of intent and put on that uniform, it would be a monumental win for Pitt, for Tyquan Underwood, for Charlie Partridge, all those guys that recruit Florida so hard. It feels like even though Pitt has been a constant in it, they're still thought of to the side a little bit. But is Pitt, in your opinion, is Pitt a legitimate contender for Hakeem Williams to maybe commit to? I think so. Um, Like we said, there's been a lot of fluctuation elsewhere. Georgia is a little bit more trendy, but they're also starting to pick up momentum for some other bigger, similar body style receivers to Hakeem Williams, mainly Tyler Williams, another Floridian out of Lakeland, Florida. So it starts to make you wonder. And by the way, AM just hosted Tyler Williams for an official visit. So maybe he's one for Pitt fans to keep an eye on because if he goes to Georgia or Texas AM, it could push more pressure from the program that loses out uh, for Williams, who probably comes off the board sooner than uh, Hakeem Williams. So that will be fascinating to look at. But look, Pitt's right there. Uh, Pitt's never going to say no to this kid. He's been at the top of the board for such a very long time. There is not an ebb and flow to to this portion of his recruitment. It has been the constant. And I think when it comes down to it, that really does matter uh, in recruiting. And again, let's not pretend that Pitt hasn't been there and done that at that position. If this was a, I don't know, a tight end, or if this was, a I don't know, an edge rusher, just something that we don't associate immediately when we think of the Pitt Panthers – then maybe. But, you know, if it's a wide receiver nowadays, that's something that's, again, one of those offers that you have to keep an eye on, especially considering, one, how early Akeem set this visit, and two, how much scheduling and unscheduling of visits happened in between, yet the pit trip never moved. There was never consideration for others. There was never, oh, maybe he doesn't take this trip. It was always kind of locked in. I think that tells you, especially with a kid who doesn't talk a lot, that tells you that Pitt is squarely in this mix. And if you even try to play cynical in, in this and say, oh, well, Pitt is not at the level of Georgia and A&M and Miami and Florida State, whoever else is in it, you say, okay, what's the lowest you could rank Pitt in this conversation? Is it third? If that's the case, you are absolutely still in the hunt. Because, again, there's no clear timeline. There's no clear, hey, I'm doing it at this point kind of deal, as far as we know, with Williams. Uh, So there's really a sell, no matter how you look at this thing, whether you want to capitalize off the recency bias of that final official, or if you want to extrapolate his recruitment through the fall, you can kind of build the case for Pitt to not only stay in the race, but really contend among the top two or three schools. And, And if you're a Pitt fan, that's exactly where you want to be. That's about as good as you could hope for in general with a blue chip recruit in, in the most recruited metro area in America. Yeah, and took it unofficial, comes on an official now. And if that carries into the fall, you got to feel like he'll be up here for a game at some point in those weeks or wherever. And that could be a big thing for Pitt too. But every time he has talked, and again, it hasn't been much, but the thing that we have heard about Pitt that has really drawn him to Pitt was Taekwon Underwood. 
It was that relationship with Tyquan Underwood that seems to be really holding things together here. And then basically as Hakeem has visited campus, he's like the city. He's like Pat Narduzzi. He's like the rest of the five around the program. So the relationship with Tyquan Underwood is, I think, huge here. And as you've said many times on this show, right, relationships are so huge in recruiting. 100%. You know, Underwood started that relationship at another school, and it just kind of carried over from Rutgers to Pitt uh, when he made that jump. Uh, and, and Pitt, conversely, had been recruiting Williams under Brendan Marion. So it, it kind of worked out to where both of these receivers' coaches recognized and understood not only that you have a chance at this kid, but you got to stay on it. And I think Underwood has hit the ground running in this recruitment about as well as, as you could have hoped for from the Pitt perspective, because it's not easy to, we see Georgia and Alabama and Ohio state struggle with the transition of assistant coaches. So for Pitt to basically either maintain or feel better about their chances for Williams, despite changing wide receivers coaches, is probably not something I would have said, you know, when Marion made that move to Texas. So, I think that says a lot about, you know, Pat Narduzzi's hiring ability, but also about Underwood's uh, kind of rising stardom that, that we're talking about more and more. Yeah, it is something to behold. And as you said before, Pitt does have other things to sell other than just say Tyquan Underwood at that receiver position. Jordan Addison, obviously coming off a of Bolitnikoff season, Pitt has had three different Bolitnikoff award winners in their time, produced lots of very good receivers under – a lot of different players you you see in the NFL, Larry Fitzgerald, Tyler Boyd, Jonathan Baldwin was a first-round pick. Addison's going to be a first-round pick, and that will still be associated with Pitt, even though he's yeah. at USC. And and as I think you mentioned, I think that has to at least linger a little bit in Hiking Williams' mind. Like Pitt has been a team that has produced great receivers, and, and maybe that's what gets Pitt over the edge if they end up actually landing him. And then conversely, Georgia and AM, those are the two positions or two schools that are needing juice at receiver. So it's a it's the conventional thing tells you, okay, these two SEC powers, they're gonna sell you on just being the next guy. And then the upstart school, Pitt, is gonna sell you on being the first guy. It's actually the opposite in this case. The SEC schools are like, hey, we need to be more known for what we can do on offense and particularly at the wide receiver position. Georgia's become tight in heaven so their wide receiver recruiting has suffered texas a&m despite having a, a offensive-minded head coach and jimbo fisher has not had juice at receiver in years so uh, you could understand the cell being totally different than pitt which has been stable which has been constant which is coming off of one of the greatest offensive seasons we've seen in acc history that is the more stable and and consistent cell in this thing and, and that's where perception you know can be wrong right perception can can lead you the wrong way in recruiting in that regard. So yeah, you, you look at the brand names of those SEC schools, you know, two of the last three recruiting national champions on top of it. And you're like, whoa, uphill battle for Pitt. But at that position, relative to how those schools recruit it, I do think that you, you've got a legitimate chance. And again, transition on the Georgia side at the wide receiver spot and Texas A&M has been of the three, the school that has needed to show the most at the position to try to reverse a negative perception at, at the passing offense and wide receiver uh, in particular. Folks, we will get back to talking about Kenny Minchie, but 
first, let me let you know about Rock Auto. Because with the ever number increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com in your home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. You don't have to spend 40, 50, or even 100% more from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto has prices reliably low for every customer with everything from brake parts, tailups, motor oil, new carpet, and more. Go to rockauto.com right now and use all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us, Buck? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Would be huge if Pitt could land high key moves, but I want to transition to a guy that Pitt has landed already in their quarterback jewel of the offseason. Commit actually right after Kenny Pickett was drafted by the Steelers and Kenny Minshew, and we've talked about Minshew here before, but John, you're out at the Elite 11 right now, finals, and Kenny Minshew is out there, and, and one of the first guys I can remember for Pitt actually even being there, I think first since Chad Wojtek back in the mid-2010s, but the, the, the news you have for me about how he performed yesterday, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, man, he, he's just so consistent. You know, we saw him at the Elite 11 Nashville, and he was kind of a, where's he going again? Oh, yeah, that's the pit quarterback. And then everyone just started kind of saying that as the, the long and hot day wore on. And, and, and you kind of wonder, right, you know, cynically, we're journalists, right? So we, we're a little cynical in nature. You say, okay, well, now it's the Elite 11 finals. It's in L.A., it's all the bright lights. All the great college quarterbacks are here. C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, all these guys. Um, and, and the competitors, obviously, very, very high level in what is considered a very deep quarterback class. Okay, now how is he going to stack up? More of the same. Just a consistent intermediate level thrower. Uh, doesn't wow you. You're not going to, like, rewind your video and say, can you believe this throw? But you're also not going to rewind it and say, man, this guy was all over the place or this guy was way off on this throw. Uh, competitive, consistent, comfortable in the pocket, good outside of the pocket, condensed and quick motion that really gets the football out of there. He just drew a lot of praise uh, from the different coaches that, that are associated with the finals, like Trent Dilfer, uh, who wasn't at the regional or who wasn't coaching at the regional. It's just a different, you know, uh, perception around Kenny Minchie. So he had a top 10 day uh, Tuesday night out here at the Elite 11. And that structure was the conventional camp, right? Stations, you're doing different drills at different stations, and then you're rotating. Uh, so you're dealing with certain coaches at certain stations. And uh, even when he was pressed, like Quincy Avery, the quarterback guru was, was pressing him at times, he doesn't change. Like His demeanor is exactly what you want at the quarterback position. So I know I'm probably trumpeting him more than others in the industry, but every time I see him, he shows up, he competes, and he is consistent. And when you have those traits at the quarterback position, you've got a chance every day. So I don't expect anything different uh, ahead uh, here tonight for night two when they do the pro day script. It's like 15 to 18 throws, very much an NFL pro day style where you're hitting balls outside the numbers, you're hitting some deep ones, you're hitting intermediate stuff. That's where we've seen Kenny Minchie successful on tape and in person during this offseason. So why would I expect anything different uh, out here in Los Angeles? Yeah, and it would be huge. And talk about the significance of him potentially being named to that. This is a kid that isn't a consensus four-star. He's listed by four-star by some networks, three-star by others. That could potentially be a huge boon, not just to say Minchie himself. Obviously, it would be. 
but even to pit's buzz around saying the recruiting aspect. So when we talk about a guy like a Hakeem Williams, he sees, well, they've got a guy like Kenny Minchie coming in who's an elite 11 quarterback finalist. I would imagine that would also boost the morale around the pit community. 100%. You know, I, I think we, you know, there's, there's an oversaturation of camps and seven on sevens and certain things in recruiting, but the elite 11, I mean, this is year 24 for them and they're, they've been, they've hit more consistently than not on the quarterbacks they pick because one, it's a multi-day event. Two, there are elements of the elite 11 that we don't get to see as media. Like during the day, they are doing Navy SEAL training, team building. They're doing board work uh, in terms of their their ability to diagnose defenses and read progressions and do some virtual quarterbacking stuff. So when you start to hang around with those uh, coaches who see more of you than any of us, and then on the field, you're backing it up each night during the workouts, it's a true complete body of work. And you look at some of the winners of the Elite 11 over the last few years, I mean, my goodness, you're talking about Kate Klubnik, who might unseat DJ at Clemson in year one. You're talking about Tua Tengovailoa, Justin Fields. CJ Stroud was like a relative unknown when he came to the Elite 11. He was just breaking out as a quarterback prospect. And now he's like a Heisman candidate, going to be a first-round pick, maybe the number one overall pick. So this is one of those off-season events that – People will be cynical about and say, oh, well, it's just shorts and T-shirts, blah, blah, blah. There's no defense until the seven-on-seven on on Thursday. But, man, they've hit on a very high clip of these Elite 11 winners um, going back, you know, even 20 years ago. Uh, So I I do think that this camp hits different, and it it is one of those true – endorsements of the quarterback position and that's why you see these guys always coming back after they participate like Caleb Williams CJ Stroud Dorian Thompson Robinson Devin Leary was out here Bryce Young's supposed to be out here tonight I mean there's a reason why every year we're like who who are the college counselors going to be a big deal they want to give back because they understood what it took to to be in this position uh, that Kenny Minchie is in Uh, so they want to give back and, and kind of take it full circle. So yeah, it's a big deal. Most more of a big deal than, than above just about anything quarterbacks can do during the off season in between their junior and senior season. So you got to be excited as a pit fan. And, and yeah, it's not something we see every cycle. Certainly. Yeah. And then Minchie getting that boost potentially could be big time for Pitt. Anytime you have a four-star quarterback on your, on your docket, I think that's always a good thing to have. And in Minchie as we have talked about the tapes really good and you've seen him live and, and everything just seems to pop about this guy. I, I hate to say it, but the way I, I have heard about him and the way he acts, it sounds a lot similar to another guy that just played at Pitt in yeah. Kenny Pickett. It really does. Yeah. I mean, you, you understand it. There's, 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 I think a little bit more quiet confidence with Kenny. Um, even talking to him a little bit last night, I was like, Hey, you know, you're elevating your profile here. Any other schools, you know, reaching out? He goes, yeah, they're reaching out, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to pit. You know, he's just he's just cut and dry. This is what it is. This is what it is. Uh, so there's a little bit more quiet confidence, you know, compared to Kenny Pickett. But, yeah, a kid who, who really is every time you see him just kind of proving people wrong, even though it's not the flashiest, biggest arm or Kenny Pickett biggest hands kind of deal. Um, you know, some of that stuff you got to throw out the window when it's about live bullets, right, and, and you're out here competing against – Malachi Nelson and Dante Moore and Chris Vizina and all these quarterbacks that are considered unanimously better than you and, and you're hanging in it and sometimes uh, beating some of these guys that, that are, are unanimously ranked ahead of you. And obviously it's not 
uh, the end all be all, but it's certainly important. And again, it, it's one of those banner marks in a high school quarterback's career. If you get over this hump, you can hit a, a nice bump moving forward. I mean, again, CJ Stroud was, was like a, a three-star low level three-star when he was here Tua Tingo Vailo was like a top 10 or 11 quarterback. And then he ascended way up after this, Justin Fields overtook Trevor Lawrence in the rankings because of his elite 11 run. So, Again, it's not, uh, it's not just me here. The industry values this event. The NFL, college football values this event as well. So it is worth putting a little bit more stock into when we see players who impress. Folks, are you looking for that pit over-under projection or the Keaton Slovis Heisman odds? Well, head over to betonline.net right now because it's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all of the sports developments from league reviews and news, including this year's NCAA win totals. And you can even start early betting on some games like the Backyard Brawl. Pitt's favored by seven and a half right now want to go jump on that number so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts and potentially kenny Minchie could be that will be watching him the rest of the week make sure to check out john's stuff certainly he's going to be having all of his ears to the ground there watching kenny Minchie all week folks pit fans are very excited about this i know they are to see kenny Minchie. already saw it a little bit yesterday but this is going to be the real day here today with the pro day circuit. Um, but I, now I do want to shift over to a little bit of your recruiting ground down there in Florida. You know, have your ears plugged in and Pitt consistently pulls in a lot of Florida guys. And they did yet again this past weekend. And talk to me a little bit about Jesse Anderson. This is a guy from central Gibbons. Who's very interesting for Pitt. I know he's listed as an athlete. Some schools want him as a receiver. Pitt wants him as a DB is what it sounds like. And this seems like a guy that Pitt really coveted uh, overall. And I, I find to have an interesting offer sheet, has a few top schools in there, but his tape is very intriguing, very athletic kid. Very athletic kid, physically developed and physical, uh, both on offense and defense. You know, I love receivers who play DB or DBs who play receiver. And this kid uh, did it at a state championship level in South Florida. I mean, that there's really – not much more you can say from a competitive standpoint uh, about a, a prospect like this. And look, Gibbons is a private school. They, they've been a state title contender for a very long time. Not a lot of guys play both ways. I was actually at their spring game in May. Not a lot of guys were playing both ways, but Anderson is going to do that once again in 2022. So I think it says a lot for that long-term coaching staff to trust him on both sides of the ball. And it says a lot about him as a raw athlete, to have the conditioning in a very hot and humid area in a very highly competitive area to do so as an upperclassman on varsity uh, all the way through December in a state championship. So I do think Anderson has a, a very strong floor athletically. I think DB is a more natural position for him. He's a good receiver. He can certainly make plays, and I think he could be an FBS receiver, but I think there's just more upside with what he can do as a defensive back, especially because he's so versatile, right? DBs are it's about versatility unless you're this you know, amazing elite corner Darrell Reeves who you just kind of throw away to the side because you're just like you're so good there we don't want you to do anything else unless you're that which is obviously extremely rare you need to be able to move around can you can you go in at safety can you play a little bit of nickel can you run with a tight end that you challenge at the line of scrimmage are you quick enough to potentially get a smaller slot receiver off of his course either at the line of scrimmage or at the top of the route Anderson's got that 
ability in his game. He needs refinement. He needs polish. And obviously, when he gets to college, he'll focus on defense really for the first time in his life without worrying about offense. So you expect kind of a quick learning curve when he does get to a school like that. But again, Gibbons, very well-coached school, a school that demands a lot from its players. Uh, and I do think that sets a higher floor for recruits uh, when they head off to college. There's just a, a lot more kids that do better from schools like that versus others that are a little bit more up and down in their structure and, and obviously in how consistently they win. So really like this get. Uh, I know Louisville, Maryland, a couple other schools were really – high on his list, but you know, he, he fell in love with Pitt. Uh, and, and it's that whole South Florida connection, right? Partridge, even Narduzzi, he mentioned as, as just an energy down in South Florida with the Panthers. Uh, and, and look, he's a couple towns over, or really one town over from Akeem Williams. So, hey, you never know uh, how that relationship could foster. It certainly doesn't hurt Pitt's chances uh, for more big fish in South Florida. Certainly does not. And Pitt was really excited to land Jesse Anderson but Pitt did land another Florida kid. This one actually a little bit under-recruited in Ty Ray. Six, seven, three hundred pounds. But the offer sheet maybe isn't there. You see, you know, a few schools like Appalachian State, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, Indiana, USF. It's not a it's not an offer sheet that pops out, but he was a take for Pitt for a reason. I know a lot of Pitt fans have been like, why was he a take? His size is crazy. And, and, John, you may be seeing him up close and personal knowing this kid. Can you give me the lowdown on him? This, yeah, the size is legit, by the way. I know we see six, 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 seven, and you're, you're again, cynically, you're like, okay, but for real, is, is he that big? Yeah, he's that big. I mean, this is a, a mountain of a prospect. And it comes, in this case, with a well-proportioned frame that is actually pretty well filled out. Like, he carries 300 better than I would carry 300 for sure. And he's got length on top of it. And I think that's where you start to get excited because Apopka traditionally is a run first kind of team. They, they create maulers at that school. Um, they've since opened it up just a little bit. So we do get some flashes of his pass protection, but man, when he leans on you as a defensive lineman, you feel him. And he's got a little bit of ability to get to the second level. And he, he's relatively fleet when he is giving ground uh, in his pass set. So I do think that there is some upside as a pass protector there. But, yeah, I think that's part of the reason why he doesn't have that national offer list is because the perception around that program. And then he's not a guy who was on radar two, two and a half years ago. He's one that has kind of waited his turn, hit some growth spurts, obviously, and then kind of apexed at the right time. So I really like this take for Pitt. I was curious as to when – Florida State and Florida, Florida in particular, which has recruited Apopka very well, I was curious when they would start to jump in. And I think some interest was starting to pick up through the spring, but the offers hadn't pumped in yet. So I think that's where Pitt has to really take advantage in the state of Florida, in these big areas, these big metro areas, Apopka just outside of Orlando. You got to win in those areas and you got to be in first compared to some of the in-state options. And I think this is going to be one of those case studies that we look at down the line like okay remember when Pitt offered and, and was willing to take this kid before uh, other people maybe tried to flip him you know that really paid off for the Panthers in the end so I am curious to see how it goes for Ray going forward who starts to maybe use this commitment as oh we, we were probably slow playing him let's see if we can up the ante uh, and, and keep some pressure on this kid I'm curious to see who tries to challenge Pitt down the line because as you as you know nick that that's just a big part of recruiting especially in the state of florida you got to win the recruitment then you got to win it on signing day one more time 
certainly do. And, and I don't expect this to be the end of his recruitment by any means, uh, if, especially Florida is sniffing around. And that could be a very interesting battle at that. Now, this is from the week before, but it's another Florida kid that Pitt got in Montravius Lloyd from St. Petersburg. I can't say they pull a lot of kids out of St. Petersburg, but they really wanted Lloyd. And it seems like they're only going to take one running back in this cycle. So he's going to be their one running back. What can he bring to the table? And what was your evaluation of him? Uh, this is a three down alpha kind of running back who comes from a really great wide open system in, in St. Petersburg. It's, it's really kind of the school in the area. If you're, if you're, we joke in Florida, like if you're from St. Pete, you're going to go to Lakewood, you know, that's just kind of what people expect. And even as an underclassman uh, last year, I remember being at their spring practice and we knew about some of their big name guys and their quarterback, but I'm like, Hey coach, like who's, who's the next kid up? And, and Lloyd's the first kid he pointed at. He said, that kid right there will be the key in terms of how deep we go into the playoffs. And you love that responsibility on a running back. They've got a D1 quarterback. Anthony Calandrea is committed to Middle Tennessee. Virginia's trying to flip him. Mississippi State's involved. For, for the coach to go to the running back first when you got that kid at quarterback says a lot about the responsibility on Lloyd's shoulders. So I do like that uh, kind of off-the-field uh, responsibility he has and then on the field again no nonsense uh, off tackle one cut type of runner but he's got some space ability in his game I think he needs to round out uh, his his receiving ability just a little bit more as a senior uh, before he gets to pit but the flashes are there I, uh, he's not afraid of contact he's comfortable in space uh, and, and he's again the pulse of one of the best teams uh, on the west side or the west coast of Florida which says a lot when you've got a ton of additional D1 talent. I mentioned the quarterback. They had an Alabama tight end commit last year. Uh, they have a kid committed to Florida at defensive end right now. So for that to be the first uh, recruit pointed out to me last spring uh, really kind of held my attention. So a big fan of Lloyd uh, on and off the field. And again, those things are important when you talk about wanting to win the ACC and, and, and allow that to be kind of a constant as opposed to a, a flash a flash year uh, for a school like Pitt. Yeah, Pitt continues to recruit Florida obviously trying to land Hakeem Williams, which would be their biggest coup. But they have recruited Florida well. They've also recruited Ohio pretty well with the offensive line and landed to Colin Van Roy and Ryan Coretta. Coretta being the one that is the real crown jewel of this weekend for the Panthers on that offensive line. You look at some of his offers. Was the sign between Michigan, Michigan State, and Pitt one, which is well that says something. He went on an official visit to Mel Tucker and Michigan State, and Pitt comes out and wins. You don't see that too often, but. To get for a guy like this in Coretta, who seems to have a lot of high upside out of a pipeline that's now growing for Pitt with the offensive lineman, big win for the Panthers. Yeah, you, you got to recruit Ohio. We talk about Florida and, and staying in state and the Whoopio and all that. That's great, but you, you've obviously got to get into Ohio consistently. That is just kind of a no brainer, especially with how national Ohio State recruits. You got to take advantage. And, and if you're Pitt or Sparty or some of these other schools, you got to win these kind of battles. So for Coretta, I really like this get for Pitt. Uh, like you said, I think he's got the highest upside at tackle. With, with, like with Ty Ray, I think it's right tackle, maybe later left tackle, or you could play inside with Coretta. I think he's a tackle. I think he's a guy who's athletic enough uh, to give ground and really pass set, or he can play inside and be a high floor guard. That's always looked at as a negative, but uh, ask some of the best guards in the NFL. Ask, ask Quentin Nelson in the NFL. He could have played tackle at Notre Dame or in the NFL, excuse me, but he elected to move inside and it's it's made him like the highest paid offensive lineman in, in the NFL. So 
there is still something to be said for that. So I think there could be some versatility there, but I think the ceiling could be uh, at tackle. Uh, and then winning other battles in Ohio, again, just paramount uh, for Pitt uh, to, to stay relevant, right? I mean, to keep it balanced. You can't put all your ships into one region or one pipeline. And, and the O-line class all of a sudden, in a matter of a week, uh, is kind of solved, right? I know that there could be more targets out there, but now you've kind of checked a huge box in this class of 2023 in, in very short order. And you have a nice staggered combination of high floor guys and high ceiling guys, uh, which is important. You know, we talk about who can make an instant impact and all that stuff, but you need to stagger your roster at different positions so that you can have time to develop the guys who might need it and still serve those guys who might be physically ready to play uh, on the front end. So I like what Pitt's doing up front. Uh, and like you said, Throughout the month of June, it's really hard to push against uh, some of these battles they've won, particularly outside of the state uh, and, and sometimes the region. For sure, for sure. Pat Narduzzi and the pit staff have to be feeling good. John, as always, thanks for coming on. This is great. Tell them they can read your stuff, follow you, do all of that great stuff. Yeah, real simple, si.com slash college, or check us out on social media at SI All American on all platforms. Folks, make sure to check out John's stuff. He's going to be covering Kenny Minshew, all of that great stuff here in the coming days. As always, folks, thanks for listening. As always, hail to